Walker, Dewine for three. and Aurora as I ran past him. Just <laughs> let him know. You know what I'm saying? I got the last... Well, he got the last word. Because actually, after that, he took me out of the game. And he said, you know, if you do that shit next week against Xavier, you know they're going to be running it right back down your throat. What's up, everybody? Um, got Aaron here. Got Ed here on the other side of me. On the other end of the line, we have Mr. Melvin Levitt. So we're going to do things a little bit differently for you on this episode of Pardon the Punctuation. We thought we would give you kind of a closer look at somebody who is a Cincinnati legend and um, kind of let him tell his story that I don't know that many of us have actually heard. Celebrating 20 years, too. It is uh, a big celebration. Yeah, pretty awesome, man. Time flies, as they say, especially when you have fun. And that was definitely a, a time in my life where, you know, I had a chance to grow significantly. But at the same time, man, it was a lot of fun, man. And these last several years after basketball, so to speak, has kind of even been a, even more of a joy ride for me. So, but yeah, time has flew, man, and we're sitting at the big 2-0. Doesn't even seem like 20 years, though. <laughs> it doesn't even seem like it at all. <laughs> no, man, uh, looking at a lot of the pictures and things like that, man, body hasn't changed too much, <laughs> you know, since my last, you know, my last year, you know, playing here at UC. So, again, when I look at that stuff, man, it's like, you know, again, it's hard to believe that that much time has, you know, has actually went by. I think the only thing that's changed is the – the jersey I got back when you played, it doesn't fit me anymore. So, that, <laughs> but that's that's evolution. Meaning mean, mean that you got you know you a little bit bigger or, um, or oh, what? Yeah, yeah, I've been hitting the gym. <laughs> I've been hitting the gym. I've been hitting the gym. Yeah, so. that's it. The arms don't see. Uh, we we want to make you know, want to make sure the viewers understood exactly. Yeah, what, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. The arms don't <laughs> so don't fit in the cutoff sleeves anymore. So that's. <laughs> so now, currently, you are a varsity assistant uh, for basketball at the uh at Wynn Woods High School and you're also yeah. a coach of JV and you're also teaching what fourth grade I believe right uh ELL teaching yeah I'm at the elementary uh elementary building teaching uh ESL uh ELL uh for others that are more familiar uh but English as a second language uh to all of the uh newer comer newer coming um students you know into the country and you know the kids are from from uh, a wide range you know of Around the map, you know, Nepali, um, Nigeria, Mexico. Um, got a couple of kids from Pakistan. We have kids from India. So I, you know, I get a chance to sit in front of the world every day. How fulfilling is that job for you? You know, um, I'm not the principal. I'm not the superintendent or anything like that. But I'm gonna tell you what. Um, those kids make me feel like my job is the most important thing because being with us um, during the time that they're able to as a support staff for English language, you know, we're giving them, you know, just the basis you know, that they need just to kind of survive the day at school, you know what I mean? But then at the same time, you know, building the vocabulary and, and things like that to, you know, kind of help outside of the building as well. A lot of the kids are interpreters, you know, for their parents. So, you know, you can imagine being, you know, in the third and fourth grade and having to kind of translate, you know, maybe some things outside of school for mom and dad. So, but yeah, to say the least, man, I feel like my job is, you know, it's very fulfilling because, again, the kids can't wait 
get to me, you know, and I know the service that I'm giving them, again, is, is of value. And, again, it's helping them through just have a little sense of normalcy Pretty in their cool. life. Uh, that's really cool. I, I, I was actually just... I mean, it's, uh, I guess it's almost a little bit like it, but I had dyslexia growing up and I actually just the other day, um, was able to locate my, um, my teacher who helped me work through the dyslexia. So that's, that's a pretty cool, okay. like you're, you're helping these, you know, these kids transition, you know, into speaking the English language and uh, that's really cool. Uh, that, that's awesome. Yeah. That's the thing, man. I mean, you can imagine, obviously, I mean, I've been to several foreign countries and didn't know the language as an adult, you know, so you can imagine again, you know, being a, a youngster and not being you know as affluent and you know in the English language how how tough it would be so uh it's important again man to you know for me to do what I do and, and do it to the best of my ability well that's incredible um speaking of children you grew up in Cleveland and growing up in that city what kind of uh hardships did you face as a child oh all of them um you know I I want to say you know every you know everybody's got a story you know what I'm saying and and you know everybody comes from you know you know, rough parts of, of towns where they grew up in, whatever city it was or whatever state. You know, and I wouldn't say mine was as rough as anybody else's, but, you know, I would say it was kind of commonplace to see the drugs, you know, the gang violence, you know, all those things that, <clears throat> you know, go on, you know, in an urban neighborhood, you know, that's kind of impoverished, so to speak, you know. Um, again, had to deal with it, deal with it all, man. The, the, the peer pressures of doing what everybody else was doing, and I had to kind of find something else as an outlet, you know, to kind of occupy my time and, you know, stay away from the neighborhood because, again, the neighborhood was, was just was getting bad. Um, and sports was it, man. I, you know, I played everything from soccer. I, I golfed, you know, uh, I played baseball, you know, football, basketball, um, anything that I could stay immersed in, again, just to kind of keep the time moving, you know what I mean, and not having to worry about, you know, what's going on back there in the neighborhood until I actually got back there, you know, and I usually try to arrive back late, you know, you, you talk about, okay, well, being able to arrive home late, well, at that time, you know, street lights were really prevalent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So we had, you know, it was this thing about you had to beat the street lights home. And right. Took yeah, seven o'clock is late. Oh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Something like that. You know, but I would always be checking back from the rec center. You know, around that time. So again, you know, I, I wasn't you know around the neighborhood to possibly you know fall victim to something tragic or you know end up in a neighborhood fight. You know, with some of my other friends and things like that so then was your first love basketball no uh first love was football you know i told my father i was going to be either a dallas cowboy or a san francisco 49er but it was actually a san francisco 49er or a dallas cowboy i must get that straight <laughs> didn't want to be a brown <laughs> uh, you know um you know that that came along later in the years you know what i mean as i as i started to play the game a little bit more yeah, i envisioned myself you know, in a, in a Browns jersey or something like that. But, you know, mainly it was, you know, I was following, you know, my dad's heart. You know, my dad loved Joe Montana and oh, yeah. loved Dwight Clark. And, okay. you know, everything about, you know, the San Francisco 49ers and what they stood for. So that was that was number one. You know what I mean? Football was, was, was really good to me. You know, taught me some things about myself. And, you know, I found out I was very athletically skilled through that sport. Kind of ran... Ran its course, you know, with a you know several injuries, you know nothing major, but 
you know, you take so many bumps and bruises with that sport, man, and you kind of feel like, okay, well, I got an option to maybe go play another sport, you know, maybe let's go try this out a little bit. And although, you know, I had a lot of success and my first college letter was from Lou Holtz, you know, at Notre Dame. I was recruited by everybody in the country for football. I just thought, you know, basketball was starting to become more popular of a sport. You know, I was a little, little good at it. You know, start. <laughs> just a little bit, and had un, uh, a skill that you know some grown men didn't have at that time, and that was the ability to kind of jump really, really high. So, so you know, was there yeah. anybody at that point in time as you started transitioning more into basketball than uh, football? Was there anybody that you modeled your game after as you were growing up? Well, I, you know, I love Dominique Wilkins, man. I oh, was okay. always somebody that I looked at. Makes sense. Kind of pat, tried to pad my game so much, not my game really, just like the attitude. You know, because Dominique played with a with a with a of a, a fierce attitude, mm-hmm. and when he dunked the ball, you you knew that he had just dunked the ball <laughs> <laughs> because again, his attitude, you know, and how he attacked the game, the look came along with it. You know, obviously the high top fade was a mm-hmm. a pretty popular haircut at that time, <laughs> so I just went with what was popular. And then, you know, things started to kind of take shape with my body a little bit. And then a couple of people started calling me, you know, Baby Neek. And from there, you know, I just kind of tried to, you know, again, I didn't walk pigeon-toed or anything like that. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just, you know, tried to play as hard as he played and attack the basket, man, with, with vigor like he did. Now, you mentioned that Lou Holtz sent you a letter. So... What was the recruiting process like for you? Obviously, you were hearing from both, I would, I would assume, football and basketball at this point in time. Um, so what was that whole recruiting process like, all while at the same time you're trying to finish high school? Fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Ab- absolutely fun. I, I, you got to think about I mean, it was pre-social media time. So, you know, had it been social media at that time and, you know, the whole recruiting scene for guys that was coming out of my generation would have really, really been nuts, man, because, again, we were getting recruited by everybody. But then you talk about playing two sports, you know, and you got both entities yeah. kind of clamoring after you, you know, for your talent. So, man, I was I was on cloud 10 if there is one. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm getting phone calls every day. I'm getting mail every day, you know, from these universities. And, you know, Lou Holtz's letter was handwritten, so... Oh, wow. That's how you can kind of tell the difference as you went along. Yeah, <laughs> who was who was doing what and who was really serious about you? You know right. what I mean? Because some of the notes would come handwritten, and some of them would just be, you know, in, you know, formal letters from the university, and they'll send you the whole package with the program or the school and the athletics and you know all that stuff. But you know, very very few coaches that I had got recruited by sent you know, personal letters, you know, when it came to the basketball and, you know, Bob was, you know, obviously one of those guys that did that. That kind of gets me to my next point. What made you ultimately pick UC then? You know, um, you know, I really didn't know too much about uh, Cincinnati. I mean, I knew about Cincinnati because I was, you know, I was obviously an athlete. Right. And I loved to watch sports. You know, mm-hmm. I knew about the Bengals and through the Browns. I knew about the Reds, you know, through the Indians and things like that. So I kind of knew about the city and then there was that TV show that WKRP yeah. Cincinnati <laughs> I used to watch that a lot you know what I'm saying I thought that was kind of a funny show but what a recruiting tale that yeah. is <laughs> turkeys fa- falling out of a helicopter really, I, <laughs> I didn't really hear you know about Cincinnati basketball until 
you know, they obviously made their run, you know, in the NCAA tournament. Um, and it was the year that they, uh, you know, they obviously played Michigan. Oh, yeah, 92. Uh, was that 92? I, I got a chance 92. to, you know, check them out, you know, obviously playing against the Fab Five. But then, you know, seeing Huggins on the scene, you know, after that, you know, for AAU. Oh, so yeah. Cincinnati at that point kind of became, you know, something that was constantly in my face. You know what I mean? That you know, a lot of the AAU trips I went on, Hugs was there, or Larry Harrison was there. You know, usually both sometimes. You know, or you know, John Lawyer was out. You know, at certain places and things like that. But you know, that's how you know kind of became attentive to Cincinnati. And first visit, you know, I got was the Midnight Madness uh, with Don Tonio Wingfield. I guys. miss Midnight Madness. I totally so miss mad. Midnight Madness. <laughs> I was I was so then, man. I I knew where I wanted to go. You know, at that point. The energy, the, the hoopla, you know, that was going on. And, you know, obviously the program was being turned into a national powerhouse. Yeah. Somewhere I can go that was close to home, you know what I mean? Family would still be able to travel and see me play and all that good stuff, you know. It, it became, you know, over time after they showed me, you know, week after week, you know, two and three phone calls sometimes <laughs> or, you know, three letters in the mail during that week. You know, they let me know, you know, that they were, you know, they wanted me. So I kind of closed everybody else off. I got recruited by everybody by, you know, except for four Ivy League schools. Mm. You know, I got recruited by one. Harvard sent me a letter. Oh, yeah? There you go. Yes. <laughs> so I, can say I, got, I got one Ivy League school that wanted my attention. There you go. But I got recruited by everybody in the country, man, except for Duke, Carolina, and Kentucky. You know what I'm saying? A couple of Ivy League schools, so... You know, I narrowed it down, man, you know, after that. And that was the time that Huggins beat Lou Holtz. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he beat, out the, he beat out the Hurricanes from Miami, man. He beat out Florida State. You know, he beat out the Cornhuskers, Tom Osborne up there at Nebraska. Beat out, uh, I forget who the coach at Michigan was at that time. I, I don't think it was Bo. John Cooper, he beat out John Cooper. Um, I think it was, I think it would have been Lloyd Carr. If I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he beat out a lot of those guys at that at that point, man. Basketball kinda took over. It was warmer on the inside. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's a great point too. I didn't have to take, you know, too many more hits at all, you know. I didn't have to get triple teamed anymore. <laughs> You know, basketball was fun. So, when you look back, do you consider it, I mean, I know what I consider it as, but do you consider it the Huggins era, or do you consider it the Jordan era? Uh, I, that, it was it definitely, man, um, that whole time, man, was that, that was all about Bob, man. Yeah. Jordan came along because of Bob. Agreed. That's agreed, exactly. Yeah. You know, let's, let's get that, you know, let's get that straight. A lot of things came along with Bob, and a lot yep. of things left when Bob left. Exactly. Yep. Let's keep let's keep that all the way, you know, truthful and factful. Exactly. Uh, but Jordan was an add-on, man. I think Jordan, um, you know, jo- uh, Huggins would go out and work Jordan's camps during the summer out in Vegas, you know, so they had a pretty good relationship. But I think our style of basketball, you know, the athletes that we had, you know, on our team, you know, at that time and coming up through that generation, I think were real representative representatives for his brand you know and it was only four schools exactly. you know exclusively in the country wore that line and we were you know we were blessed to be one of them and i think we I think we did a good job of representing jordan man oh, no I, doubt. you know had a chance to play with you know 
we have fun in that gear. Now I, I still want a pair of this Jordan 13s that you guys wore. I just want the shorts. <laughs> I don't have the shorts. <laughs> um, now let's talk about some of those personalities that Huggins was able to bring along while you were there, um, both before yep. and after you. And you can stop me at any point in time if you want to tell any stories about these guys, but just taking a walk down memory lane, um, some of the names that stood out to me as I was looking back on it, and I can't believe that you were there around literally all of these players. I was spoiled rotten. You are kidding. <laughs> Good Lord. Um, you know what I mean? I mean? You talk about you know wearing Jordan. You talk about being on ESPN. You you know you got your own Fox station in Cincinnati. You're you got that Bearcat you know, bounce. You're on the CBS. You're on ABC at the time. You know what I mean? We were on everything, man. Mm-hmm. And then I don't have to worry about going to the NCAA tournament each year. No. Because I won, I won 25 plus games and yeah. conference championships. So think about the kids now, man, that, that, that don't really get a chance to go to the NCAA tournament through their four years, you know, or really hang on to that conference tournament, you know, to try to win it. To have their only chance to get in it. Exactly. You know, again, I look back on my time, man. Like I said, I was I was truly spoiled. Back then, it was almost like it, it wasn't. Is UC going to go to the tournament? It's are they going to be a one or a two seed? That's it. That's all we were worried right. about back mm-hmm. then. You know. Exactly. So some of the names that you got to play with, as you're talking about being spoiled, Art Long. Art. Let's keep it a uh, PG for my man. <laughs> Art. I love Art. We all know he was a loose cannon at times. So we'll just we'll just say Art. Interesting. <laughs> So you had Keith, Keith, Keith Legree and Keith, Keith Gregor. Legree, Keith Legree, leader. You had you Keith Gregor. Say it again. Keith Gregor. Comedian. You had Jackson Juleson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Jackson Juleson. Um, the preacher. Okay. Jackson always wanted to keep the peace. Okay. Uh, you had Danny Fortson. Beast. Just a fucking bear. but he was just a bear man you couldn't do nothing with danny fortson you had darnell burton the gunslinger the dog man uh you know what i mean the 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 shooter dude come come into practice not even warmed up and will light you up (laughs) period and point period and point blank (laughs) one of those guys you had a damon damon flint cool nah nah you know what sorry nah that's bobby brandon bobby brandon is cool I Flint, thought Bobby Brandon was going to be uh, barbed wire. <laughs> yeah, Flint was um, Flint was exotic. He would come in the locker room, man, in some of the craziest looking outfits, man. <laughs> like the Cincinnati, you know, like Cam Newton. The fashion, the fashion at that time, going through the '90s when we were at UC, man. You know, you had a lot of different things going on. You had a lot of colors going on. You had a lot of different schemes. You had leather on suede. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You had outfits built like that. And, and Flint would come in with some leather and suede on, man, with leather on his thighs, on his pants, and then, you know, this suede sweater with leather on the front of it. So he's a I mean, Jordan shoe, a walking Jordan shoe. A gold shoe. chain. But he was always styling, man. Flint was always <laughs> styling. So, but, you know, Flint was Flint was cool. He was from Cincinnati, man, and he 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 brought he brought the he brought the fashion to the locker room. And then next name I had was Bobby Brandon. Cool. Flat out cool, man. Always pulling his hair back. <laughs> every chance he got every free throw push ups every chance he got he did push ups to the bows the arms out and he stayed tan my cousin grew up in Reading with him and my cousin swears that he beat him on the basketball court but I I just let him believe that I, I don't believe it at all <laughs> uh, I met Bob a long time ago man I met Bob in the 8th grade oh wow AAU uh, so it was funny to 
actually come back around, you know, and we end up going to the same university because we end up running into each other for the same AAU team, too, mm-hmm. um, out of Pittsburgh. You know, we all linked up and played together before getting here at UC. And Danny was actually touring with that team, too, Fortson. So got a chance to meet Danny before coming to UC as well. So getting here and getting back with those dudes, man, and actually having a chance to live with them my first year on campus was just like, it was crazy. I couldn't ask for a better situation. So uh, also Ruben Patterson? Oh, the bull. You know what I mean? You couldn't couldn't stop him. Can't hold him. You know what I'm saying? He's one of those one of those dudes, man, when Ruben put his head down, he don't do something. You know Almost I mean? like a... Almost like Cumberland is. Truly unstoppable force, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, no, nobody could do anything with him. He was sometimes a little out of control, you know, with, you know, running the basketball floor, but he always got the job done. And he was a dude you didn't want to stand under the basket and have to box out and try to rebound against, man, because, again, he, although he didn't exude being physically, like, muscular, mm-hmm. dude, Dude was strong as what? <laughs> um, yeah, I got two. I, I got a couple years of it. Then I got some. You know, I got Cleveland as well. You know, we go back to Cleveland in our AAU days, and you know, growing up around the same neighborhood. You know, even as young teenagers, you know, thirteen, fourteen. You know, so me and Rube had a lot of history as well. I know a lot of people talk about how kind of AAU is kind of out of control or whatever, but I, I I think it's really cool that through AAU, you guys all, you know, played together. And so when you came together on a team in college, it was like, you know, it wasn't new. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the yeah. chemistry is almost right. already you there. Knew, you knew the guy. You yeah. knew the guy. You knew what he was built for. You knew what he can do. It was just now, you know, you know, taking this relationship you know, to another level. Yeah, exactly. So some of the other names, just to get through the last couple here, um, Kenyon Martin, we can't not mention him, obviously. Um, it was the first five games. I was ineligible my first five. You know, we had to sit and watch the first Midnight Madness, you know, being on campus for the first year and, you know, kind of going through, like, the similar, you know, thing and just trying to get him to understand that, you know, once his time came and he got his opportunity, man, it was going to be the best thing that, that happened and, and try to, you know, enjoy it as much as possible. And he, you know, he, he took the reins, man. I think he had an opportunity to learn from Danny. Obviously playing against Art every day in practice. You know, you got Bobby Brandon that's beating on you. Mm-hmm. So Ken had a lot of people around him, man. Then he had, you know, the late Robin Rowe, you know, who was around, you know, again, big body guy. So, you know, Ken had a lot of guys you know, that he could take from and learn from. You know, even Jackson Jolson as well, man, as a shooter. You know, Jackson was a big guy, man, and that ended up stretching the floor, mm-hmm. you know, for us at certain points. And that's what, you know, Kenyon was able to do towards his latter part of his, you know, his senior year, you know, is, is start to do those things. So I think, you know, with him, man, he had a, a long line of guys, man, that, you know, that was here at UC, man, that he learned from on that front line and ultimately became – the man, man. That's awesome. You know like, what I mean, anybody that you know breaks their leg, man, and still wins the Naismith, man. Oh, gee, I clean yeah. sweeps every award, man, and still goes number one in the draft, man. That was crazy. There ain't, there ain't nothing else to say. <laughs> <laughs> Heartbreaking. Good lord, I don't even want to get into that. <laughs> um, so, uh, Steve Logan was also there. Slow and go. Couldn't <laughs> rush that kid, man. You know what I'm saying? That dude had a pace, man, that couldn't be bothered. You know, you talk about, you know, when teaching the game now, you know, as a coach, I talk about change of pace. You know, Logan had a pace that, again, couldn't be bothered. You know what I'm saying? He was just slow and methodical with it. You couldn't rush the dude. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and he was real prolific with what he did as well, man. You know, Logan's from Cleveland as well. Early years of rec center ball, Corey Rec versus Thurgood Marshall, you know. So, I mean, again, as you mentioned before, man, it was kind of cool to have some relationships with guys, man, and know people, you know, for, 
you know, and once you got a chance to kind of, you know, again, take that, that, that basketball thing to the next level, man. Yeah. Again, man, one of the, you know, one of the top scorers, you know, here in, you know, in UC history. Mm-hmm. You know, definitely made the most of his opportunity, you know, here at, you know, at UC as a point guard, man. And again, you know, one of those guys, man, that got it done. You also have Pete Michael? Pete. You yep. know, Pete was a winner, man. You know what I mean? Pete came in, 72-game winning streak from junior college. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was ridiculous. You know, that winning streak was crazy. And then he won here. You know what I'm saying? Every time mm-hmm. we went out, you know, we competed, man. You know, he came with this, this, this winning attitude, man. I knew the transition from, from Ruben would be tough, you know what I'm saying, because obviously, you know, I was playing with a guy that I had been playing with for a very long time on the wing, and but when Pete came in and took that spot, you know, Pete brought a, a different style, you know, to to the table, you know what I mean, he brought a slashing, a different slashing ability, you know, to get to the basket and get buckets, you know, uh, more so than Ruben, Ruben had the power game. You know, and things like that. So it was it was a welcome addition, man. I enjoy Pete, man. You know what I mean? Pete was a fun guy. Like I said, you know, he wanted to win. You also had Ryan Fletcher? Fletch. Funny, 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 man. Fletch Fletch is uh Fletch is a good dude, man. Um I had, I, I was roommates with Fletch, uh, on campus, you know, and we, we still, you know, talk, you know, to this day, you know, and Fletch hasn't changed, you know, not one bit, man. He's always been you know, a funny guy, you know, as far as, you know, sarcasm and joking, but, you know, he's always been a good dude, man, always a guy you can, you can talk to, you know, about some other stuff, so I appreciate Fletch, man, because, again, we had some hard times as freshmen coming in here, you know what I'm saying, and, and as sophomores, and we had to deal with, you know, being the young ones, you know, and, and sure. taking the brunt of what Huggins gave, so we, we threw a lot off of, off of each other. Towards the latter part of our careers, we were able to experience the success, man, because I think of everything that we went through, you know, together early. You know, we had success late. And then uh, the last name I had that jumped out at me as I was looking over all the rosters, Donald Little. <laughs> <laughs> man, Don, man, um, Don was young. But end up becoming a force, man. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? Again, you talk about a guy, again, a front-line guy that, you know, Kenyon had a chance to go up against every every day. You know, Don wasn't little. I mean, and and that was his last name. (laughs) (laughs) But he wasn't little. You know what I'm saying? Don was long. You know, he was thick. He got big in the weight room. He got bigger. Mm -hmm. You know, he was athletic. He can block shots. He can move. So, again, towards the latter part of his career, man, he had – he was able to start experience success because he worked, you know, to get to a certain level and a certain point. And, you know, he, he was a good player for us, man. He chimed in early on some games for us to help us win, you know, and then he had his shiny moments himself, man. So, you know, that's one guy, man, that, you know, was, was definitely important to to what was going on. But if I can, you know, kind of sum him up, you know, Don was everywhere. Nice. All right. <laughs> so He was everywhere. You've literally described a cornucopia of personalities. How in the holy hell did Huggins get you guys to mesh? Man, it was it was it was us as as a group of guys, man. It was one more guy, man. I, you know, I, I gotta you know, yeah, go for give it. respect, man, pay homage to. But you know, Dewan Baker. Oh yeah. You know, was a mm-hmm. you know real real personal close friend of mine, man. You know, we shared a lot of a lot of good times, a lot of bad times. You know, he was. The hero, you know, of our tourney run, you know, they ended, you know, short, you know, Ruben fingernail tip on the basketball, uh, man, against West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, knocks that ball in, but, you know, 
big save today for us, man. A lot of days, man. A great shooter, great athlete, you know what I mean? A great person, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, he was a really good friend to me. You know, we, we're still in contact to this day. You know, obviously, you know, time has passed and guys go on and do their own things and they grow into their own, they come into their own. But, you know, personally, that was somebody, man, if I could hang my hat, you know, on the relationship, mm-hmm. you know, I could hang it on him. Well, you when you tell him to listen to this, let him know that I was writing all these names down after midnight last night as I was putting <laughs> this all together. He didn't I, mean I, to forget. It's all good, man. You know, I was going to make sure. I, like I said, I looked at the list. I saw the names on there, but I, I, I was going to make sure I got him Absolutely. I got him in here with the rest of these guys because he was just as important, man, to, to my growth, you know, and my success. You know, he convinced me that why don't you just jump on your jump shot? You know, who's going to block your shot? That's a good and point. After I started to realize that, it was like a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, who who's actually going to block my shot if I actually really started to jump when I shoot? You know, that that was from him. You know, that was that was things that you know I was able to take from him as a shooter, learn how to prepare to shoot, how to run off screens. You know, I had you know Burton, you know Darnell that I oh, watched, yeah. but you know I played with Bake. You know, so playing with him in practice and going against him, you know, during practices, I got a chance to learn from him, man. So, you know, much respect and, you know, to my guy, man. If I had a word to sum up for him, man, that was that was my brother. If yeah. I had a brother on the Bearcat basketball team, it was him. Like I said, I mean, how how did Huggins get you guys to mesh? I mean, obviously we saw the general that he was on the court, but we all know that as he's coaching, on the court is probably, I mean, it's it's probably the smallest fraction of what he's actually doing with you guys. We drove each other a lot, man. Um, Huggins, Huggins, we knew Huggs was the, you know, obviously he was the general of what was going on. And, you know, he would have his motivating ways and, you know, he would get to you certain ways to get you to play. But when it came down to it, man, we motivated each other, man. And we, we, we fed off of what each other was doing. You know what I mean? If one guy was getting it going, you know, another guy wanted to get it going to kind of, you know, help the thing, help the situation yeah. go. And with that, man, you, you saw a lot of guys do a lot of special things. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? Because, again, we, 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 we fed off each other's energy, you know, and we love playing with each other, man. I mean, sometimes it got rough. You know, guys fought, you know, um, argued, all those things, man. You had that stuff, man. But at the end of the day, there was a mutual respect, you know, for one another and one another's talent and what each other was trying to accomplish. Cause we all knew what we were, you know, we were trying to accomplish the same thing. You know, some guys just, you know, tried to go about it differently. You know, we had to kind of, you know, bring the you know guys in on bring the reins in on that to get everybody on the same page. But other than that, man, yeah, it was it was it was us. It was self motivating for us to go out there and want to beat your face in. So, did you go nose to nose with anybody that you want to share? <laughs> no, not at all. Okay. Um, I never had that opportunity. Uh, <laughs> I, well, I never like that. I sought it out, right, right. you know, anything like that. I was, you know, more of the Jackson Jilson type. Can we all just get along? You know what I'm saying? I like to see that stuff, man. I, I didn't like to see guys come to blows. I mean, if you're going to argue, you know, arguing is cool. You know, guys do that. But, you know, once guys get to swinging, man, it comes to blows and his teammates, that, that's something else, man. It gets a little bit deeper. And, you know, you never really want to see that happen. So, right. Melvin's you know, sitting back going, hey, can you guys knock it off? Hug is going to make us run some more if you keep doing that. <laughs> well, you, you know, I mean, you know, sometimes, man, Hugs was that guy that actually, you know, sat back and just kind of let, let it happen. happen. Yep. You know what I mean? He felt like something like that was needed at times, you know, even though, you know, you know, you can say what you want about that. But yeah. I just, again, I just thought maybe – you know, diffusing the situation a different way, man, you know, was usually the course, you know, 
course of action because you never know if guys held on to things personally after that. That's you know true. what I'm saying? And you definitely mm-hmm. didn't want that. That's true. You know, if two guys got into a fight and, you know, these guys are pivotal on our team and next thing you know, they're still harboring personal feelings for each other. You know what I'm saying? I and mean, now how good that is that relationship and chemistry on the court? Exactly. Right. The chemistry on the court. Or for our locker room, period. Right. Oh, you know true. what I'm saying? No, I was going to say it was a divide, you know, if, if that if that ever happens. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's a complete divide in the locker room. Any good coach knows how to approach you. You already made mention of this a little bit. Any good coach knows that he has to approach his players differently. Um, every player takes something a little bit different as far as motivation goes and what have you. What is your favorite personal moment with like Coach Huggins? Like, I'm sure there's a moment where you felt like you really grew after a, a certain conversation or a certain whatever happened between the two of you. We had a few. <laughs> but Alcorn State, my junior year, the game with the big dunk, been, um, been challenged by him to a certain degree. And it was truth time, you know, at that moment for me. You know, it was time for me to put my cards on the table as well as what I had not done to get prepared, you know, for that part of the season. You know, it was early still, you know, and, you know, Dewan was really carrying us. You know, Dewan, I think Dewan had like a 30-some point game average or something like that. Uh, but, you know, I thought, you know, coming to that junior year, you know, it was like, you know, it was time to break out a little bit, and I didn't do the things necessary in the off season to warrant a breakout. And, you know, the attitude kind of surfaced a little bit, and, you know, Hugs read it and kind of brought me back to reality as only he knows how. You know, it was a personal challenge. It was a lot of yelling, a lot of <laughs> screaming back and forth. Not from Huggins, know. no. <laughs> but at that at that that moment in the halftime was again it was that it was that moment it was it was truth it was time yep. you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying and after that it was blast off man I went out there and jumped to the moon on one of those dunks man I had three dunks in a row after that argument and the last one was the biggest and I let out a scream and a roar as I ran past him <laughs> just to let him know you know what I'm saying I got the last well he got the last word because actually after that he took me out of the game and he said you know if you do that shit next week against Xavier you know they're going to be running it right back down your throat dunking on your ass <laughs> basically that whole little celebration afterwards you know when I twirled around on the rim and I spun off and and as I said, as I ran past him, I started screaming my head off and shit. He was kind of like, yeah, okay, do that next week. You know, they got some guys over there that's going to be running it back down your throat, dunking on your ass, and they did. We went over to Xavier, man, that next week and got throttled. I, I had not been beat up so bad in a game physically before, ever, more so than that game. I mean, they cracked us by 20. It was a good night for me. I had like 19 points, 8 rebounds, but physically, man, I, I, I took a beating, man. Took I hit the floor a couple. I got in the locker room. I was not physically in great shape yet, as Hugs had alluded to a week prior at the Alcorn State game. And I remember trying to go and, and getting in the shower, man, and my body, everything just locked up. Like, cramps everywhere. I couldn't move. Like, I had to stand in the shower with my with my uniform on. That's oh, how geez. brutal that that game was. And it was hot in that arena that night, too, man. It, sent, uh, it was in the gardens, time. right? The Gardens, Cincinnati Gardens, man. That place was hot. You know what I'm saying? It got real heated. And they kept that press on, man, the whole game, man. They they didn't let up. I think they were really sending a message, not only to us as a crosstown rival, but they were sending a message, man, to NCAA basketball. Because that's the time, man, you know, Skip had those guys really going, man. You know, uh, Lenny Brown, those guys, man. Oh, yeah. Lumpkin, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Posey and... You know, you had Darnell Williams and 
Tavares, uh, I think it was Tavares, last name was Tavares, Julian Tavares maybe, I think that was his name. And they had some guys over there, man, that was some, that was some pretty good basketball players. But, yeah, that was that was, that was was a rough one, man. But, you know, again, that moment with Hugs, man, was probably, again, the favorite. Again, because that was probably the most challenging, you know, moment from a coach that I had ever experienced, you know, as far as, you know, go out here and do what it is that I brought you here to this university to do. Mm-hmm. It's either that or be the most athletic cheerleader we <laughs> ever had at the University of <laughs> I just want to say that it's was- so, so cool to actually hear the story from your perspective on that. Um, as it's such an iconic moment from UC, I mean, any UC hype video they play, it has that that clip in it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, so, and there's a backstory to everything, man. Mm-hmm. And, and there's always a story to everything, and that that again, that story there is is probably one of the most famous ones, man. Because again, it was it was a moment. You know, I think that you know, obviously I needed it kickstarted everything off for me. You know, going the rest of the way that season I had some really big games. You know, going forward, I locked into shooting extra, you know, afterwards, you yeah. know, with the one and, you know, again, but, you know, as a coach and a player, man, that was, that was it for me. And I know you remember it because I think I, I met you back in 2013, I think, um, at uh, UC versus Louisville's, the game where um, SK scored his uh, 2000th point. And yeah. I like, the first thing I said to you was like from the rafters and you're like, yeah, it was that hoop right there. Like you knew exactly like no, <laughs> no question about it. No, it was that hoop right there. You used to talk to those Rams, man. <laughs> and those Rams had a special relationship, <laughs> you know, I, I, I would console them on, on times that I read up there and just dunked one really hard, you know, and I would talk to them when I needed a basket when I'm sitting in there shooting late talk to them and, you know you gotta you gotta become one with where you're at man and that arena man was 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 an arena that brought out some things in me man that you know i i don't think any other arena that i play with has ever have so and i know that's real too because i mean you have to like you talk about like talking to the rims but you you you're probably really were talking to the rims like as you're sitting there you know practicing shooting free throws or whatever you're just like come on man just come you, you kind of find yourself in that mode where you're just talking to i don't know how to explain it it's just it's a mind state man. yeah you that's, know, what that's what i'm looking for that's what i'm looking for you try to get kids to understand what going on the court and being in a moment is about and when you're working out you're in a moment yep. you know what i'm saying you're working out you're in your mind you're in your own heart you know you're you're off venturing off you know five four three two one you're in whatever arena going against whatever person you know it's just it's, it just goes with it man it was just again it was just one of those things that you know a dunker a person that experienced a lot of you know time around the rim mm-hmm. you know it was just something cool that i figured you know i would partake in you know just as a little superstition you know everybody's yeah. got a superstition that's what i was looking for go, superstition yeah you know as far as what they do before games and pre-game rituals you know well one of mine was again talking to the basket you know hey i I need it early tonight, you know, be there for me, you know, I'll make sure I shoot soft. <laughs> I, won't, I won't dunk too hard tonight, you know, just, just, just little stuff, man. Again, Hold me little up. things in your mind to make you feel comfortable <laughs> about what you're getting ready to go out and do. Exactly. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the rims wasn't listening at all. <laughs> now, you mentioned that conversation between you and Huggins happened at halftime uh, of Alcorn State, but is that going to be your favorite locker room speech 
tirade um, with Huggins? Is that the one that means uh, man, the most? A lot to you? of them. Right. Man, we'll be on here all night. <laughs> <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of them you couldn't even talk about because they were so vulgar. Sure. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, we, we, again, we had so many moments with him, man, inside that locker room, man. Out the locker room was a place where he felt like, you know, okay, now it's on. No holds barred. Now I got you. You're in front of me. You can't move. You can't go nowhere. You're forced to listen. And that's when the show was on. Yep. And you knew it was on when he was coming in the door and the jacket was coming off. <laughs> He'll be coming in the locker room, jacket was coming off. And, and, and keep in mind, man, some of these tirades, man, I was, you know, I'm a freshman, I'm a sophomore. 18, 19, you know, yeah. I, hey, man, I'm... <laughs> I'm like, man, what is wrong with this dude? I'm looking, at purple, I'm looking at purple lips, man. You know, people's lips turn a certain color, but that dude's lips would turn purple. He would get so angry. You know, his face is so red, and, man, he's screaming at you, and he's he's at the top of his lungs, man, and he's at that vein popping out in his neck, and he's hitting the board, and, you know, you sit there as a youngster, you're like, damn, you know, like, what's really going to happen? But then you get to be a junior and senior, you're like, okay, you know, just how far is he really going to go with this this time around, you know, because some of us have seen this wrath before. But you knew if he was getting to that point as a junior and senior, it's like, oh, shit, because now you're in trouble because you're one of the focal points. You know what I'm saying? When you're young, you're not a focal point as much because you're not playing. You know, so you can come in the locker room and you can enjoy the show. Just don't get caught laughing. Yeah, I can't even you know imagine what, what that would be like. <laughs> don't, don't get caught smirking. Don't get caught snickering or anything like that. Junior and senior, you're part of this tirade. You know what I'm saying? So it's not a good feeling at all. But, again, so many men that, you know, I, I, can, I can go from. But, you know, one that would probably stick out, man, and it was kind of funny to me. I was, you know, it was my sophomore year. We were in Orlando playing against Temple. You know, Gregor is getting uh, the bulk of the playing time at the two guard position, um, switching on and off with Darnell. And we didn't have too good of a first half. I mean, I think we went in the first half up. But you know, Temple being Temple, you know, the wars that we've had with them so many years, and I, I think Bob knew that we wasn't out of the woods. But he came into the locker room, man, and. and, and here we go, you know, and he's taking the jacket off and he slings the jacket down, he kicks the stool, and he starts asking coaches questions. And that was kind of like iconic in itself. Like most of these coaches were even going to give answers to what he was asking. Like, John, why are we playing so soft? Like Coach Lawyer was actually going to say, well, the reason why we're playing soft, Coach, is, you know what I'm saying, he would never, <laughs> coaches would never come back and say anything. Right. So he he went down the line. Why are we so this? Why are we so that? You know, I just don't understand. And he would go to the managers, and he would have the managers he ain't even on what was going on before he actually blew up. And I remember him going after Keith Gregor because Keith was getting trapped uh, on the sideline, you know, a lot during the first half of that game. And he starts to imitate, you know, Keith a little bit, and he kind of gets down in a stance basketball, and he's you know ripping the ball triple threat position. He like you know, I just don't understand why we just can't grab the ball in the stance. And of course, he's using explicatives that you know I don't want to put <laughs> You know what I mean? But he's using the explicatives, and he's going off, and he's just ripping Keith apart. And he said, I just don't understand. You know, we just catch the ball. You know, most guys catch the ball, and they're in the stance and they're strong. They're whipping it around, man. They're ready to go. Their arms are up, and they're ready to do this. My guys catch the ball, and we stand on the damn sideline, and we're rare back, and we put our leg up in the air, and we just yell out, 
I'm effing scared. <laughs> and at that moment, <laughs> at that moment, there was <laughs> there was tournament there was tournament personnel coming into the locker room. <laughs> okay, you know, because it's the NCAA tournament, they're coming in to let you know how much time is on the clock. And these people just stopped in their tracks, and they like you had to see the look. You had to have to be there and see the look on their faces, <laughs> look on our faces. At this point now, it's like, oh, it's go time. I look at Flint. Flint looks at Damon, and everybody just starts laughing, man. I think everybody at that point was like, you know what? He can't run us all. You know what I mean? We got a we got a second <laughs> half to go out and play. I think if we all just laugh, let it go. Danny Forsen is like just cracking up. <laughs> let, it was it was truly, truly a Huggins moment, man. Again, if you can imagine this guy in a nice suit, nice tie, gold watch, you know, with his leg cocked up in the air like he's <laughs> <laughs> getting ready to fall off a cliff. You know what I mean? And Next he's time I see you, I'm gonna I'm gonna make you reenact this. His lungs. I mean, I, I think you, you 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 can understand, man, how funny that could have been to us or anybody that probably could have just walking in the door. But he takes the marker after that, man. He he throws the marker up against the board, and the the top comes off with a sharpie marker, and it hits John Lawyer like right in the forehead. <laughs> and that was the set, man. That was it. We, we, we was like, okay, now at this point, let's go, man. We we, we got to get back on the basketball court, man. We only got six minutes left to go back out and warm up before the game starts, man. <laughs> but true, true, funny, funny moment. Probably was not, you know, the most vigorous and, you know, fiercest Huggins tirade, but one I will remember because, again, it had everything <laughs> in it. Now, the last thing I want to ask you about your time at UC before we kind of get into some of the stuff that happened afterwards What's I mean, we've gone over so many different moments. Is, has any of these been your favorite moment while playing at UC? Well, again, we got a lot of those too, but probably, you know, obviously my favorite moment, man, you know, is is that, that Duke moment, you know, oh, being yeah. in the, you know winning that game. Um, you know, because, again, as I said, you know, as a kid, you're – or even as, you know, a high schooler, teenager, whatever, you know, you're in the gym, you're fantasizing about being the person that wins the game. You know, you want that moment for yourself. You hope others can experience having that moment because, again, it's special. You know, and, again, thinking about, you know, the time spent, you know, working on the craft, um, who it was against, obviously, you know, their folklore, everything would do. You know, it was a personal challenge for myself to go out and play as hard as I could play, not only for the team and to try to get this win, but, you know, Trajan Langdon was supposedly the number one two guard in the nation at that time and you know I thought I was pretty good so <laughs> um, it was a personal challenge for me to go out and try to beat him and I and you know we ended up getting it all that night man so that was truly probably that was the, an best, awesome you know, night. the best basketball moment you know threes and you know record breaking and all that stuff man and yep. conference yep. championships you know all that stuff was great but you know that monumental moment you always look for in, in your college career and I would have to say that was, you know, a lot of people would say that would probably be it for me. After your time at UC, you got to hear your name called in the NBA draft in the second round by Detroit. What was that like? Special, special, special. I mean, you, you know, you want you want that notoriety. You want that moment. You know, you want you know you want people to hear your name again. It's just one of those times, man, where you know on, on the biggest stage possibly that that could be at. You know that this happens for you. You know, again, it was a lifelong journey not a, a lifelong 
was sure, at yeah. that moment a lifelong journey because right. I started out early, you know, playing and having these visions of being a superstar and, you know, wanting to be a professional, you know, athlete, at, whether if it was, you know, football or basketball. To have that happen, you know, to solidify that and to say, yes, that, that happened and I have that under my belt. Nobody can ever take that away. That's, again, that's one of those things, man. It's sometimes undescribable. Um, hard to sometimes put into words. Surreal, so to speak, I guess, if that's the best thing, best way that could be put. Now, it didn't work out with Detroit, and then you got traded to L.A. So between your time being drafted yeah. by Detroit and then your time in L.A., what what was going on at that point in time? Spending, spending time, you know, you know, obviously in Detroit was a learning process. That was a, a business transaction, you know, sure. come to find out um, how everything went down. They were in, in search of a point guard with the draft pick, Joe Dumars, obviously, and as a lot of other people relate to at that time, and even at this time of the draft now, you know, you take the best available people, you know, that late in the draft, and, you know, I was one of them, mm-hmm. you know, um, per se, not the position that they were looking for, but yet I was the best available athlete at that moment, still left. So that's why, you know, that move was made. But, you know, coming to find out again that they were wanting a point guard time spent there, I, I, I took it as, again, as a business transaction and got a chance to learn, you know, what it was really about. It wasn't about my talent. You know, it wasn't about me not being able to do this. It was not the right fit for them. And that's what a lot of people don't understand as, as well when it comes to, you know, viewing sports, they only see sometimes the end result, you know, oh, he didn't make it or, oh, they did this. Well, you know, why they did this is truly important. Right. Um, and some people, you know, fail to, to really understand that. But again, um, it was it was, it was was a trade made with uh, L.A. for Derek Harper, four-point guard, who played with the uh, Dallas Mavericks uh, for a long time, had a long career with the Mavericks, you know, Roy Tarpley, things like that, when those guys were really, really good down there in Dallas who ended up actually not even reporting. He didn't report to Detroit uh, for the trade. So it was kind of like, you know, once I got to L.A., it was like, wow, you know, the guy didn't even show up and this, this, and that. I mean, I possibly could have stayed there, get an opportunity to get traded to the Lakers, man. That, Showtime. That, that don't happen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, first of all, you get drafted six picks from the last, and then you go to an organization like the Pistons, who has had their championship run with the Bad Boys through the 90s, so they're reputable. Right. People know them. I mean, it's the 90s. They're making their turnaround. But guys are in camp like Grant Hill. You know, there's a young right. Grant Hill there. There's young Jerry Stackhouse there. You know, so I'm I'm in the soup, <laughs> so <laughs> to speak. But, you know, with some really good guys, man. And then send me out to L.A. and there's Shaq, there's Kobe. Lord have mercy. <laughs> that was... That was that was the super team. Yeah, you know, you talk about a super team before super teams, and you, you can go back to the early Celtics, man. The Celtics were a super team. Yeah, Bird, Mikel, uh, Parrish, those those guys were that was a super team there. If you want to start yeah. looking at what guys are doing nowadays, and it was no different with L.A. That yep. year, L.A. put together a super team, bringing in Ron Harper, who eventually, you know, was the reason why I was let go. Rick Fox, Glenn Rice, <sighs> John Sally, Derek Fisher. Yeah, the list went on and on, man. And then, again, you talk about having guys at every position, multiple guys at each position. I mean, that team was was stacked, you know. And I was I was that close, man. I was I was really close to to achieving that, you know, and having that, you know. But going through what you know I went through with the Lakers and seeing what that side of things were about, man. And you know, again, the NBA, you know, is, is a business, right? Right. You know, at the end of the day, and still, well, I should say, Bust, Mr. Bust, mm-hmm. Jerry Bust, you know, mm-hmm. Mr. Bust, Mr. Bust. They bought a championship that year. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? Brought in a bunch of million dollar exceptions. Phil put the triangle back together. He had guys in there that he could trust that didn't have to be taught the triangle much and he went with what he had and you know at the end of the day as a you know as a coach you look at it because i try to do it now i try to help out well i know i try to give people an opportunity that i coached before a chance to coach so look at what he did with ron harper in my situation well i'm going to go with a guy that i know that's proven that won three championships with me with the bulls more so than a a rookie that i may have to teach this to who could be very good you know after a while but we got to win now you know what i'm saying exactly 99 they had to win you know there was no way that they were not going to win that title with phil coming in as the first first year coach and having shaq and kobe it was it was go time for the lakers and they did what they had to do. You know, at the end of the day, you know, again, looking back at it, you know, it was hurtful not to be a part of it. Right. You know, I was very lucky and blessed to be that close, though. Not too many people, man, get a chance to be that close to those type of people. I mean, you talk about a real class organization, man, getting a chance to be around people like that, again, just don't happen, you know, every day. So sure. having yeah. that moment in time in my life, you know, it was truly special. They treated me special. You know, they didn't treat me like a second-round pick. You know, they, they they treated me like I was a Laker. You know what I'm saying? Um, that that meant a lot. And there was respect to Shaq and Kobe and those guys because they didn't have to do that. Oh, yeah, you know what I mean? sure. Guys were, you know, millionaires, you know, and they're well into their superstardom. And they don't have to take the time to even say a word to you. But those guys had conversations with me. You know, Kobe would tell me things that feel liked that I did, you know, and, and, and some of the workouts and stuff like that and to keep pushing and all that stuff, you know what I mean? I mean I'll I'll take that stuff, man, and that that'll be in my my trophy case for the rest of my life, man. <laughs> I'll, I'll never get rid of that. And that's stuff I mean? that you, you that you already said that you're you're carrying on already you know you're carrying on into your you know high school coaching career and, and you know doing with these these young players. I mean the stuff that Kobe and Shaq did for you, you're doing for these kids, which is awesome. Try it man. Pretty much just trying to give it give it what people, you know, as, as far as what they gave to me. Exactly. Um, give that opportunity back, man, and try to not lead a kid in the wrong direction. Uh, give them the best of me when I'm out there coaching. Sometimes they may think I'm, I'm mean or or <laughs> something like that, or I yell too much. But that's just that's just the passionate energy and coach trying to will them, you know, to be the best, you know, little person, you know, that they can be. That's what I got. You know, that's what I got. I didn't get anything else. You know, if I got if I got taught a different way, different teachings, then maybe my style of coaching would be different. But I didn't have that. You know, all my my coaches coming up through my time, man, were 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 men, disciplinarians. They were they were family men. They were hard workers. They were disciplinarians. You know, and they didn't they didn't let too much slide. You know, and I, and I can I can be happy with that, man, because sure. I was I was able to go from high school, have two coaches at high school that gave that to me, and come to you know the college level, you know, one of the most important levels, you know, for growth and becoming a man, you know, I had it at this level. One of the things we were talking about before you called in is the underdevelopment of the D League back then um, versus where the G League is now. It's night and day. Yeah. We were both talking about because of how underdeveloped the D League was back then, we just both feel like you would have had just a, a better shot at success if things were in place as they are now. And it's just kind of unfortunate that you just came really at the wrong time. Well, man, a lot of, and I know a lot of guys, you know, say the same thing about when we were playing. You know what I mean? Had they came along when we were playing, you know, it'd be different for them, too. Yeah. You know, you can look at that, you know, and, and say, yeah, you know, things would be different. You know, advertisement, obviously, 
would have been different marketing for myself would have been differently i'd have been able to get my name out there more and things like that but you know um the opportunities i think man although i i truly felt some places i went i i was just there you know what i'm saying to to be there mm-hmm. you know i had a shot man you know i look back on it you know what i mean i, I had an opportunity you know like i said most people don't get a chance to get right. in front of some of the things that I was in front of. I had a chance to see the world almost with this game. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I, I look back on it. I didn't make millions of dollars, man, you know, like some of the other guys did. Or could I didn't become better than – I know I could have been better than some of the guys that ended up playing. That didn't happen as well. But, you know, how it all panned out for me, I think it was – you know, it was, it was meant that way for it to for it to go that route. Um, the hardships, having to you know go from league to league. I look back on it like, why was I different? Kurt Warner had the bag, drove groceries, right? Yeah. Before he became Super Bowl champion. You know, what I mean, John Starks, you know, sold cars and, and worked in a you know supermarket. You know, what I mean, coming up through the CBA. So if, if God had that plan laid out for me that way, man, I had to follow it. Right. You know what sure. I'm saying? I couldn't I couldn't question that and I learned after a while, you know, not to question any of it because again it was you know, it was all a plan and if it was supposed to be that I went right on, you know, to the NBA and became this megastar, it would have it would have transpired like that. I think my path was laid the way it was laid because it it needed me to learn some more things about myself, to understand some more things about myself, getting ready to transition into another part of my life, uh, which was obviously teaching and coaching. Well, even before that, you did get to come home, and or at least back here anyway, not, not necessarily home as Cleveland, I would assume, is still home. Um, but you came back here and played for the Cincinnati Stuff. Um, you ended up getting to play for the Harlem Globetrotters. And even after that, you got to go to Canada and play in the CBA. You played semi-pro in uh, with the Florida Sea Dragons and then the Kentucky Pro Cats. And even after that, you got to, you know, you've mentioned a couple times you got to see the world. You ended up over in Hungary playing. What the hell was all that like? I mean, you you got to see the Harlem Globetrotters, for God's sake. Yeah, that was, uh, I mean, that, that basketball, man, that's, you know, over 100, 100 years of tradition, man. That oh, yeah. Go try to go without saying, man, that's just one of those things. You know, to be a part of something like that, you know, again, you know, you put that up there with, with some of the, the, the highest-ranking moments for basketball, you know, for myself, man, because having an opportunity to be with those guys and, and tour and, you know, learn about, you know, how far the, the Globetrotters have come and, you know, just the entertainment part of it, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Was, yeah, the kids are there awesome. just for you. Well, yeah, you know, because I, I consider myself to be an entertainer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there was no, no better place for me to go at that time to kind of entertain and showcase, you know, other than, you know, go get with the Globetrotters and, you know, be their dunker for, you know, a few tours and, you know, go from there. But, you know, again, having a chance, man, to play in those different leagues, man, it, it was just the grind. You know, a lot of guys have to get out there on the grind. And for me, it was it was the grind. A lot of those places... You know, pay little or nothing, mm-hmm. you know, but it was the opportunity to get out there and, and, and chase the dream. You know what I'm saying? So, and again, like I said, you know, some guys' path is laid a little bit easier. You know, I can be happy with how things turned out, you know, again, because I got a chance to see a lot, got a chance to do a lot. It's just unfortunate some of the little mishaps had to happen that, you know, derailed, you know, certain things because who knows what could have took place. I mean, obviously, I probably wouldn't even be talking to you guys right now. You know? yeah. So, so again, you know, things happen for a reason. You know what I'm saying? It happened for a reason for me to do this podcast tonight. Mm-hmm. We 
look, appreciate look at it that way. <laughs> it, 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 well, right, things do happen for a reason. <laughs> you know, the the uh, way we started talking to you is you randomly called in one night, and we're yep. like, wait a minute, hold on. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you got out of basketball playing anyway, and you've transitioned into coaching. From everything that I know, from what I've been reading up on, you started at Colerain, then you ended up at Winton Woods. You're also simultaneously doing the Bearcat Jam. So what's what's going on with with everything that basically what's going through your head now as as you're transitioning into being a coach? Shout out to everybody else though that came before that man. We we got a lot of people out there before that man. I got to give them they just do too. You know, Tyler wanted the Braves up in Oxford, man. You know they were very good to me. Okay. You know those kids, man. When I got I got up there that and all the parents, man, would tell me. God, you have no idea what you're doing for my son. and That's awesome. You have no idea what you're doing for us. I, and I would tell those people, you have no idea what you're doing for me right now. Because, you know, coming off that stint, you know, where I felt like I should have been and could have been and then finally getting injured and having the surgery. And now I know that the wheels have definitely going to start turning in a different direction. You know, again, I had to let them know what they were doing for me, you know, as far as picking me up, you know, and, and lifting my spirits and, and giving me an outlet to still, you know, be around the game and, and, and enjoy having fun with, you know, with the game. Exactly. You know, those kids gave me a lot, man. They, they gave me their all. And I, I'm, I'm happy for the time that was spent at the eighth grade level because, again, that was my first crack at coaching. Sure. You know, and from there, you know, the again, the wheels just start going from there, man. And, Ended up at Miami University, Middletown, uh, junior college for several years. Um, learned a lot from good man Bob Nocton, who was high school coach at Middletown for a long time. Yeah. Then from there, get an opportunity to kind of, you know, do my own thing over at Miami University, Hamilton for a couple years. You know, short stint there, you know, as a junior college coach, learning the ropes at the college level. Um, and then getting to the high school level with girls, you know, went over to Middletown High School, went over to Aiken, um, and then, you know, the boys started calling, you know, and getting that opportunity, man, to finally get that high school opportunity at a Division One school, you know, here locally in Cincinnati. I felt like that's what all those years were for. Mm-hmm, sure. You know, all those years in between, you know, doing AAU in the summer with my own program, you know, while coaching at these other places, I felt like that was the, you know, that opportunity for me to, you know, have that dream job, man, and, you know, try to turn things around. But people get hired, people get fired, man, people bring in their own folks that they always figure somebody can do it better you know kind of what happened to our staff you know we were hired by one outgoing athletic director and the incoming athletic director got rid of us right. a season later yeah you see it all the time and it's force yeah so yeah, it happens man i mean and again i you know i was you know obviously a little bit bitter no oh, sure about it but it happens you know what i mean it happens to the best and that was at the highest level, right? Yeah. You know, not just where I was. So, yeah. I mean, I became a part of you know what they call the politics end of things, right? Uh, when people talk about that being a part of a lot of stuff, you know, I got a chance to see you know what that was about. But you know, pick myself up, man, and you know, when Woods, you know, was there for me, you know, they came calling, and you know, I've been I feel like I've been at home ever since. Who's you know, a great uh, team as well? I mean. I remember, you know, we went to Northwest, and I remember guys coming out of Winton Woods, like Robert Height and, and guys like that. I mean, just powerhouses. Got a real good history here, man. A lot of a lot of good talent that has came out of here, man. These these kids are are going to school, you know, yeah. after they're done, you know, their senior year. You know, we got a lot of college coaches coming through our building. So, 
you know, I'm happy to be at a place where, you know, I feel wanted. You know, they made me feel wanted by extending so many different opportunities for me to coach, tennis coach for the boys and girls. So to be able to do that along with basketball, a sport that, you know, they know me for, right. uh, just kind of just goes to show that, you know, they're willing to give me an opportunity in some other entities and, you know, they trust that, you know, I'll make right decisions and, you know, I'm good for, for what they brought me in for. Speaking of other entities, you started up the Bearcat Jam last year. so Yeah, the- man, and that's been, been really exciting, man, to kind of, you know, put that together, you know, for for alumni. You know, one thing about putting it together was to try to, you know, reconnect people, man. Sure. Um, you know, like I said, guys. Well, you if know, you could explain a little bit about what that is for anybody who's listening that doesn't quite understand. For the Bearcat what the Jam basketball um, is, is a TBT that. basketball team. Uh, TBT stands for the Basketball Tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been in existence now, I think, maybe five, six years now. Seems uh, about right, yeah again in our inaugural season uh, last year and again it was about you know trying to reconnect guys man um, we had a pretty good tradition of basketball here at the university and seeing some of these universities come together you know it was kind of like you know hey it'd be kind of cool to you know see if we could put some guys back together and you know maybe go out and compete and all that stuff uh, it came together came together pretty coolly man um, once the fire got lit on it um, it, it really burned. You it know, started rolling. Came, uh, you know, came out, accepted the offers. You know, the guys took their time on accepting offers, but you know, we didn't get, you know, turned down by anybody per se. Sure. Um, guys were on the fence about it, I think, but came late that they wanted an opportunity to play. Um, but we didn't have a roster spot for them left, so I encouraged those guys once we start getting in touch with them this year to take the roster spot early and if you can't do nothing late we'll fill it Um, but no we didn't get turned down by anybody which was good and again it was just good to see guys man come back together you know and represent the C you know the way they used to during whatever time they were here playing you know we got a chance to put all that together you know we have fun Uh, again it was our inaugural season a chance to learn a lot about the TBT and how it worked and you know what it takes to, to, to win a championship in that thing so, you know, this year I'm really excited to, you know, start working on it and putting some new pieces to the puzzle together and try to make this thing happen. We're going to make it bigger this year, you know, obviously than last year as we try to each each year coming up. As long as TBT is going on, we're going to look to have a Bearcat Jam team. But again, it's exciting, man, to represent the university in this way and kind of be on the platform that we've been on, you know, nationally, you know, with what we've been doing. Yeah, because that was on... That was on ESPN, and there was lots of guys there. Dan Daychick, um, Clark Kellogg. Clark Kellogg. There's a lot of guys there. Um, yeah, it, it was a nice little nice little thing, man. You guys were there, too. Yeah, yeah. we were. <laughs> Our side, right next to Clark. <laughs> I didn't want to – he had a coffee right next to me. I didn't want to knock it over. I was so nervous. Yeah, that was, that was, that was cool, man. So we're, uh, we're gearing up, man, um, gearing up for another run. You know, again, I hope people – really really now as they got a chance to see it last year and understand what it's about hopefully we can get the word out a little bit more before school gets out here yeah you know soon for the kids and get them understanding what we're doing and so when it comes time you know if they can make the event come on up you gonna play this year i got three months <laughs> to make that decision <laughs> got three months okay starting march first yep got so- three months 
last year the, the to get in it was like a, a like a voting process online i know they've changed the rules a little bit this year um what do we have to do this year to support and to get uh the bearcat jam in this year they got some things um <clears throat> one thing is called like tbt rex you know and what they're doing is they're going off of you know your popularity for your team so they're wanting everybody to do videos uh drop little things on on Instagram, using certain hashtags and stuff like that, you know, about the team that you want to see. Um, it's pretty much, again, going to be one of those things where, again, they want to see just how, you know, popular you are. They say they're changing it from a popularity contest, you know what I mean, to really now wanting to see a different criteria, you know, for guys getting into the tournament. Mm-hmm. But But at the end of the day, looking at, you know, what's, entailed <laughs> as far as this TBT Rex again it's you know pretty much getting online man pumping the social media putting out things about the team they're going to monitor the posts you know things like that to see who's gathering the most support and they want to be impressed they want people to be more creative and all that stuff and, and how they're displaying Bearcat Jam and their support for Bearcat Jam. Going to have to give away like, merch and give away signed merch for uh, likes yeah, and know, retweets lot, lot of, and, of, and all that stuff. To, you know, we got to start kicking it up that way to get things out. But you know, yep. we'll, we'll make sure we take care of you know whoever we come in contact with, yeah. and that we, as we always have been. Obviously, again, you can still sign up, still for the support of the team and things like that, but what they're looking for for our and the things they want uh, seven players from the school at least. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. This Good. is everybody now across the board, like every TBT team. Good. Uh, they want seven players from the school. Now they were looking for that, not pers- what what we were looking for last year, the social media booster. Yeah. They want this person again. If if you are saying you're connected to certain people, because obviously they've been. Teams have been saying they're connected to this person, they're connected to this person and that person. Well, what they want to do is they want to see it now. Are you talking about like OSU so they, with Evan Turner know, and all that? So if you're connected to some big wig, some superstar, they want to see it now. Okay. You know what okay. I mean? They want to see it by having them put out a hashtag, okay. you know, to the tournament. Sure. Basically about, you know, about the um, about the team and then basically using, again, the TBT Rex hashtags. And something you gotta else. have the act, Twitter handle, the Instagram. You gotta have the Facebook. They want the one tweet from school, Instagram from school, Facebook support from school. Uh, now, uh, then a new thing was an article by a school's beat writer. Okay. Uh, so you know a lot of different things that they are taking in consideration: past performances in the tournament, social media support by the head coach. You know, if we can get Mick to maybe finally, you know, do what Jay Wright did for Villanova mm-hmm. you know that'd be kind of cool a school fan blog group or something like that to support but then there was another thing about acquiring a booster like a sponsor oh. there's different ways that we can like acquire a sponsor now and be able to be sponsored by a group here through Cincinnati where mm-hmm. last year you know we were trying to do coke and coke did a good job of you know getting us the power aid and all that stuff but we wanted to go all out right with coke uh, and have the banners and all that stuff but TBT kind of didn't want that to interfere with some of the other drink sponsors that were giving things for free. Gotcha. So this year we're able to kind of do whatever it is that we got. You know, way to change the rules, Mel. <laughs> uh, what, what about like a rivalry? Because I know um, that I saw you know after 
after the Bearcat Jam had their run. And then I guess, I think it was right after David West re- announced his retirement, all of a sudden there was a bunch of Xavier fans on Twitter trying to start a TBT tournament. So what kind of like you maybe Xavier UC uh, kind of uh, Why not? rivalry? Yeah, exactly. Why not? What, what's wrong with that? No, I don't see anything wrong with that. That would that would make this thing even even more fun. Yeah, that's bigger. what I'm saying. Uh-huh. Make it for fans. It'll make it more fun for people involved. I mean, for and then for the TBT. Exactly. I mean, exactly. Come on. I mean, you got two local teams in the same city, known for trying to beat each other face in in a crosstown rivalry. Now you got this in the summertime. Now you got a possible matchup. Yep. In the tournament in the summertime. Now you got but overall, steal. you got this popularity contest going on in the same city for the same tournament, and the TBT is going to eat that up because it's not going to be nothing but advertisement for them. Steal the game you away from Columbus. Have, yeah, two major two major universities of our stature, man. You know, again, doing something of this magnitude with the players that we have involved now, they're not going to have any slouches. Just like we don't have any slouches. Exactly. So they're going to be noteworthy, name-worthy as well. So I, I welcome it. I had said something to Brad Refford about it when I did his podcast, um, you know, several months back. You know, why not put something like that together? Yeah. You know, I even encouraged him to try to be the guy to do it because I knew he would probably be able to pull guys together. Yeah. You know he's what I mean? Right. He knows a lot of those guys, and he's respected by a lot of them. Um, but I, I know guys would, you know, probably step up. But then you say David West, huh. Who else, other than that, to possibly do something like that where I know they would get players? I was thinking it was just some fans oh. tweeting David West asking him if he would play if they got a team together. I don't think I don't think David ever started. Sure. Yeah, I'm not sure if he'll play, but you know what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure he'll be probably willing to put some guys together, man. Oh, sure. Yeah. Again, what, I don't need what, what, a, what a fun thing that would be, man, and what, what, what a hype and, and, and amongst fans that, that would create here in the city. That would be great. It would be awesome. Well, we got you here. Anything else you want to say about the 20th anniversary? Uh, I know you've been selling some, or yeah, selling some merch at like uh, Ladder 19 a couple a uh, couple weeks ago, and I think you got another event coming up. Yeah, just had some different things going on, man. Just trying to have some fun with this thing, man. Like I said, I can't believe that you know it's it's been 20 years. You I'll know, see since you know, being <laughs> down there, man. But you know, just trying to have some fun with it through the social media, with the pictures and the the videos and stuff like that. Been finding some really cool high school stuff man that kind of bugged me out because i'm looking at my high school pictures and my uc pictures and i've got the same poses you know i'm in the same basketball stands i'm i'm sitting on the bench the same way (laughs) you still watch a game right now man like going through all this stuff but you know again just trying to have a little fun with it man nothing really you know specially planned you know if i'm really going to do something i'll do something at 25 you know or something like that but you know, again, just trying to, you know, get as many little pieces of artwork out there as possible. If I can put something on a T-shirt that, you know, somebody really remembered, you know, to commemorate, you know, the 20th year. That's what we've been trying to do um, to do that. So, um, looking made forward that- to the rest of the basketball season, man. We got a couple things coming up. We got something going on March 2nd on campus. Uh, beat the Bearcat, you know, the layup, free throw, and three-point shot thing. You know, it's coming up here in a couple of weeks, so you know it'd be a good time to kind of you know toss out some Bearcat Jam stuff and yeah. you know get the face back out there again, get on the big screen, and maybe dunk one. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I stood with you um, at the last home game 
and uh, you still have the same stance. It hasn't changed, especially as the game gets more interesting. <laughs> Sometimes some things are hard to break, man. You know what I'm saying? It's like, just like I don't know, man. I, I, um, I'm, I'm locked in a lot of times, man. So if I had seemed to be a little bit non-talkative, it was because I was, you know, I was centered. No, no, you're good, man. No apologies. See what was going on, but at the same time, I enjoyed the time, man. Enjoyed, you know, I was hanging out with you for the first half and all that stuff. Yeah, I appreciated it. Appreciate it. So, anything else you want to talk about or plug before we let you go here for the night? Nah, man. I just again, man, keep people on the lookout. You know, for you know Melvin Levitt basketball. You know, we got the training, yeah, uh, going on and things like that. You know, putting together summer teams for the youth. You know, we have the Melvin Levitt, you know, gear. Um, as well that, you know, those putting on for the city logos and uh, Jumpman logo as well. You know, we got the Bearcat Jam logo stuff that's out here that's getting ready to get uh, pushed. A lot of new things are coming out for this spring, you know, with our apparel. Uh, we got some hats and stuff coming, man. And just want to kind of just try to keep this thing pushing, man, now that I see that there's still a little following, you know, out there social media-wise, you know, and obviously still coming in contact with kids, through you know what I do with coaching, reintroducing myself, I figure I can just go ahead and, and, and get this stuff up, and you know if people like it, man, I'll keep doing it. Well, if there's anything we can do to give you some airtime on our podcast or anything with anything that you wanted to put out there, um, even if it's just quick spot, um, let us know, and we'll do anything we can to help you out. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Shout out to you guys, man, for what you guys do, man. You know what I'm saying? Um, ever since I met you guys, man, you guys have kind of you know been been a one, you know, as far as you know, let me get get some things in obviously you know social media wise and you know tweets and all that good stuff man so i appreciate the support man and you know whatever i can do man for you guys on another perspective you know as far as doing some other stuff you know different podcasts about some other stuff you know i, I definitely got a little knowledge you know about 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 the game and about <laughs> some things that be going on so if you got a spot for some other stuff one night man you want to you know have a call in or something you know i love to do something like that we appreciate that all right, well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, Melvin Levitt. Again, be sure to check out Cincinnati uh, Bearcat Jam. Be sure to check out uh, everything he's got out there tweeting out with anything in regards to the Bearcat Jam. And if you got a little kid out there who's trying to learn about some basketball, he's doing some of those lessons out there too. So, again, Shout thank you for your time. Pardon the, uh, pardon the punctuation, man. You guys, <laughs> man, appreciate you, all the listeners, man. These guys are good guys, man. Uh, I've, I've experienced nothing but good things, man. But, again, I appreciate everything. Appreciate y'all time, man. Thanks for having me. It was cool to get the story out there, man, for those that, you know, don't know Melvin Levitt or was, you know, curious about something, you know, that took place during a time that, you know, um, they were wondering about. Absolutely. We appreciate you. I, the stories were great, and so we appreciate it. It's all good, man. Anytime, man. <laughs> <laughs>